What's going on, my friends? Welcome on out to Behind the Energy Podcast, where we dive into behind the scenes of DJing, entrepreneurship, and all the excitement in between. We got some friends, some cool people joining us, and a lot of fun stories. So without further ado, let's jump into Behind the Energy Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, party people, listeners, viewers, and my dear friends, welcome on out to Behind the Energy Podcast. Ismail, welcome to the show, bro. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> on, on a scale of one to ten, how nervous are you? Like a four. A four? Now, I, I got a little better now. Uh, what 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 made it better? Man, just your voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have been a listener, uh, first off, thank you. I, I genuinely appreciate it. I, I'm so stoked for the growth, uh, just even in 20-something episodes uh, that have been released. Uh Thank you. And then also you may have collected that each episode I bring on a new guest um, to uh, share a little bit about their story and some of the, uh, some of the I guess you could say, learning lessons uh, along their experience, whether that be uh, in the entertainment industry as a DJ or just as an entrepreneur as a whole. Um, this one is going to be a little bit different uh, because Ismail's like one of my day one homies. <laughs> Yes, since third grade, man. Since third, was it third or second grade? Third grade. That's it's, when I switched third? to South Jordan. It's third grade. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I want to take a moment to first establish how we met and talk about some of those early days. For sure. And then we're gonna take uh, some time to talk about Ismail's story and uh, uh, his entrepreneurial background, uh, both as an individual and his family as well. Um, so, uh, to kick things off, my dude, uh, I remember, I think the first day I met you, do you, do you, do you remember what that, that was, uh, I, was it the tether ball? Yes. Yeah, the tether ball. Yeah. I remember. Huh. Yeah. On the, uh, like the light, the stop sign. Yep. yep. I remember. So, so Ismail, um, uh, and I grew up like six houses away from each other. Yeah. Right across the street. Six, and, um. It was like you know, second, third grade, and tetherball's like popping in school. Like if if you're if you're good at tetherball, you're you're owning. I don't know if you call it a court or whatever, but um, the pole. Yeah, you're owning the you're owning the pole. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's, it smells out there, and uh, we just started playing and, and picked it up, and um, that's that was the day I think we truly met and like our friendship kicked off. No, one hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. My earliest memory of you, though, man, I remember when we were in middle school, not middle school, elementary school, uh-huh. you'd had the little red, red, uh, what is it called, wagon? Yeah, my kiosk. Your kiosk, you'd carry it around, you're selling sodas, snacks, everything. That's the f- thing I remember the earliest about you. You're always memory, trying to make money. <laughs> You bring up you bring up the bus stop, bro. There's there's some memories there. Oh, man. <laughs> we don't need to go yeah, that, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, another really cool memory Fast forward a couple of years, so we're in maybe fifth grade. You, you, and um, Atif, your cousin, introduced uh-huh. me to the first hip hip hop song I ever heard. Are you serious? I'm not joking. It was uh- it was Lollipop by Lil Wayne. <laughs> I remember like he was playing on his like iPod or, or I, I, iPod or something. It was a uh, Zoom, probably or a Zoom, whatever those little things are called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember walking from my house over to your house in the in the circle. And uh, just playing it out loud. Uh, I was like, yo, this song's a banger. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Uh, and then shortly after that, I remember I uh, 
I came to love the song uh, Hypnotized by G- Gemini mm-hmm. and Swag Through the Roof by Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike Jones! You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you're like, so you like hip-hop now, bro? You like, you like rap? Like, you like listening to rap now? Man, that was so long ago. <laughs> a lot of my music was influenced by my brothers and stuff. They're a lot older than us, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I grew to listen to the music that I listened to. To be honest, I didn't know that story. I didn't know that <laughs> yeah. that was the first hip-hop song you heard. That's funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Atif always had me on music. He still does. Yeah. Yeah, always up to date. Okay, so so is he, is he liking the new trap stuff? Like Yeah, he, he's stuff? always on the, the new stuff, the new wave, but... I think a lot of his stuff is still underground music. That's what he's into. Okay. Like he he always shows me stuff before it comes out. That's okay. how I feel. Now now I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like what are you listening to now? Like you you you're you're cruising and and you're bumping the sound system. Like what are you listening to? Man, so you know it's funny. My, as I got older, my music taste changed a lot as I was growing up. I used to be heavily hip hop. Yeah. Then I got into a lot of EDM. Yeah, and, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then I got into, you know, more R&B. Right now, it's a big mix. The only thing I don't really listen to is country. Yeah. Like, on my way here, I was listening to uh, The Weeknd yeah. and then some Nirvana. Okay. You know, so a couple different things. I mix it up. Uh, do, you, do you like The Weeknd's new album? I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. Did you know, um, I think it's Jim Carrey is uh-huh. the, the voice of the radio host? No, I didn't know that's, that. I think I think it's Jim Carrey. I could, oh, that's I, I could crazy. be wrong, but I believe it's Jim Carrey who is the talk show host of the radio. I know he always has someone crazy on with him too. Like I think Neil, the the star guy was on his last album. The Neil, what's his name? Neil Armstrong. No, the <laughs> the, the guy who's the astrologer. Maybe his name's not Neil. I I I, I, don't know. I have no clue. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Nick, will you look and see if we're still focused? We'll just keep talking. Okay. The light has a mind of its own. Um, but uh, anywho. We'll sorry. skip that one. I yeah. forgot who it is. Okay, that's all right. Uh, so another thing. Ooh, where did I have a few notes here? Uh, because I want to make sure we touch on a few things. So around the time you started getting into EDM music. Yeah. Is when you bought turntables, a controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your controller and you getting into DJing was a big catalyst to me starting my DJing career. Man, I, I'm I'm being straight up. So the fir- the first time I ever like attempted to mix uh, was on your controller. It was a Newmark NS something. Yeah, that was the first one I had, and then I got the other one. I forgot what it's called. It's so long ago. It was in. You know what's crazy though? That was we were seventeen. Or maybe we were younger than that. We, we were younger. Because I started DJing when I was 16. I think that was when we were like 13 or 14. Oh, bro. no, you're right. Yeah. I forgot. Because I had, first I had the little one. the Like a two-channel yeah, smaller yeah, one. And yeah. then you got the bigger one. It was black and red. And it was a new yep. mark. Yep, yep, yep. And I think it was four channels. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember, dude, straight up, like on the balcony. Yes. Because our, our houses are also modeled like the exact same. Yep. And on the balcony where... Um, you know, we hang out every now and then at my place. We're over at Isma's house on the balcony mixing on this new mark. Yeah, I remember that was, a, it was so long ago. It's hard for me to remember, mm-hmm. man. That's 10 years ago. Do you remember making my MySpace profile yeah. at your house <laughs> yeah. with your email, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because my parents were not down for that stuff. No, I remember. Yeah. I remember that was a whole oh, man. And then we'd code it and do all that stuff, make the background cool, choose the top song. Okay, so if you were to put a top song on your MySpace profile, today is the 
February 8th, 2022, what would that song be? Ambitions for Cash by Key Glock. That's what I've been listening to Ambitions a lot. Ambitions for Cash, Key Glock. Key Glock. Key Glock. Okay. I just, it's sick. I got you homework to check do. it out. Okay. I'm going to listen to this or yeah. make a mental note. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, that is like just some reminiscing. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Ismail, that we didn't? jump on before we talk about your your entrepreneurial journey man i think you hit it on the head I, you <laughs> told me some new stuff that i didn't know yeah. that mm-hmm. the lollipop story made me mm-hmm. that's crazy i i remember <laughs> it was i think maybe even hanzu was there as well but we were straight up walking into my place it was like five or six in the evening probably like summertime and just playing it out on an mp3 player yeah that's yeah. crazy man yeah. Yeah. that that's so introduce me to hip hop and introduce me to DJing <laughs> and we kicked off our friendship in third grade playing tetherball. Yeah. Uh skateboarding, many trips to Taco Bell. Yeah. Uh, we used to walk to Taco Bell. That was like our thing. <laughs> that was like our thing to walk to Taco Bell. We used yeah. to walk through the backyard, through the canal. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's a long time ago. Yeah, dude. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very clear it smells a, a day one homie. The bus um, rides. Oh, <laughs> Did we get kicked off the bus every now and then? A few times, man. A few times. Notice I said we. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say you. I said we. Both of us. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so uh, it's very clear. Uh, at least I hope it's clear now. It smells a day one homie. Uh, and uh, like literally, I just, I'd go skate over to his place or he'd come over to my place and we just kick it. Um, and over the years, you know, as. As uh, as we've grown, you know, more responsibilities, and you know, we haven't connected as as nearly as frequently as we did. Obviously, uh, matter of fact, when I usually have seen this in the past couple of years, it's like it's like uh, I'm loading gear at my place, and you're driving by, and yep. we chat for thirty seconds or five minutes. Yep, for sure. And that's usually how it goes. So, yeah. um, in that time, and even when we were really tight, hanging out frequently. Uh, uh, there's always been some entrepreneurial, uh, I guess you could say commitments, endeavors, uh, or even businesses, um, in your family, even yourself individually. And it's grown and grown, uh, to a point to where it's like, I'm needing to get filled in a lot right now. And so as you walk me through, uh, the entrepreneurial story, uh, not only is it going to be kind of like refreshing for me, but you're also going to be filling me in on a lot of some new stuff. So um, what I'd like to do over the next like eight, 10 minutes is, is turn the time over to you, man. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, tell, tell me where it all started. Obviously you've had a very supportive family growing up yeah. and they've always been into, uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, so, for sure. Since yeah. my dad came here, my dad's been in America now for 47 years. Wow. He came here from Pakistan by himself with nothing, you know, the whole, Foreigner story, uh, uh, we all make fun of it inside because everyone says they came with $4, someone says $3, someone says $10. Mm-hmm. So we always joke about that. My dad tells us he came with $187 to America. Specifically when he first came. 87 yeah, $187, that's what he came with. Is he, does he joke or is he serious? No, I think he's serious. Okay. So I okay. believe him. 47 so, years ago. Yeah, 47 years ago. That's how he came. He built his way up through the, through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So he had retail shops all through there. First, he started as a cab driver, actually. And so, I remember you mentioning yeah. that. When yeah. he first came here, he was a cab driver, and he was going to 
he was 17 when he came. So he was going to high school and he was driving cab. There wasn't that many laws back then, I guess, you know, <laughs> on child labor. So he was doing... Oh, you're chilling, bro. You're good. I got it. So, uh, so he was doing all of that. He was going to school. He was driving cab. He saved up enough money. He opened some retail stores. And then he was just growing business. The earliest I remember from when I was young, growing up, was we owned a dealership. Yes, and it was it on State Street? Yeah, it was on State Street. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was on State Street, Afridi Auto Sales. He owned the dealership for 17 years. And then in 2008... Did, did he have any partners he went in, like started no, that with? he had that from yeah. all the retail businesses that wow. he owned. So he sold out of the retail businesses in the early 90s, and he opened the dealership okay. with that money. Okay. So he had a really successful dealership. He did buy here, pay here. So he would do, if you put half down, he'd give you 0% interest on the remaining half. Wow. Yeah. So he, he did that, buy here, I take it as uncommon for the car industry. No, I've only yeah. bought in like two two cars in my life. So. Yeah, so buyer pay here financing is pretty rare. Okay. Uh, the main reason he did it was religious reasons. We don't believe gotcha. in interest, so gotcha. he gave that as an option. If you put half down, you got the other half zero percent interest, and you paid oh. payments to him. Okay. So that's he had a lot of money out on that, and then in two thousand eight, when the economy crashed, he lost everything. So he went back to zero. Just like when he first came to America. He, he was a little bit more well-established now. And it might have been harder for him when he crashed this time, you know? So, so at that at that point, did he, is that when he pivoted out of the car industry? Yeah, so... I, I remember that was like shortly after we became friends. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. So okay. he, he was pivoting out of the car industry. Mm-hmm. Once he closed his dealership, all that, in 2009, we opened our first retail location, Smoke Shop, which mm-hmm. is House of Hookahs. Yep. Yeah, and was that is that the one on uh, what's the what's the West? Is that the one just by our place, or is there another one? No, there's one. It, the first one was the one on Seventh in uh, Midvale. Okay, okay. Across from okay. Harmon. Sorry, cut you off. No, yeah. you're fine. Slowly building that up. Mm-hmm. We've grown a lot now. Today mm-hmm. we have 15 retail locations in uh, Salt in Utah, Wyoming, and Ohio. So we're spread out. Pretty far. I know Ohio's pretty far, but do, do you realize how impressive that is? Yeah, man? man, it took a long time to be honest. I do. I remember. <laughs> I I straight up remember just in early conversations when this was this was getting started. Yeah, and for sure, I knew nothing about it. Location. Fifteen locations. 15 locations. Yeah, fifteen retail locations. In f- four, five states. Three states. Three states. Three states. Okay. Utah, Wyoming, and Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. There we go. So we're in those three states. Uh-huh. You know, it took a long time, but. Uh-huh. That's what we're, where we're at today in 2022. But then once we, we started the stores, we only had one. Then when we opened the second one, my older brother, he opened it. And then he was working there and uh, Wells Fargo. Anon? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he awesome. opened that one. So he was working there in Wells Fargo. Okay. And then he had his little son. And when his son was born, he took paternity leave from Wells Fargo. Yeah. Was it? No, it's uh, Kisan. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm no, connecting no, no, dots. You're okay. good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, took paternity leave from Wells Fargo, built up the smoke shop business, and then in that meantime, he created HOH Wholesale, which stands for House Hookahs Wholesale. Yes. There we go. So we created a cash and carry for local stores, smoke shops, vape shops, convenience stores, to come in and buy from us like we're a Walmart, not a Walmart, I'd say like a Sam's Club. So they're like a Costco or Sam's Club. Like a Costco or Sam's Club. Okay. So they would come buy from us directly. 
So that was like 2010. That's when he started that. And in the same year, that's when he started White Rhino. Okay. Which that's what our main focus is now. Is there there a different terminology uh, between, I guess, female and male maternity and paternity leave? Yeah. So (laughs) the female is maternity. Maternity. Okay. Thank you. Uh, The father is paternity. Paternity. Okay. So in that time frame is when the wholesale was launched. Yep. White Rhino was launched. So the wholesale was launched first and then he left Wells Fargo. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. And then a few he still opened it in in uh in the same year though. The wholesale and White Rhino. Okay. In the same year. I think they're maybe 6 7 months apart when they opened. So he started with that. He was doing the wholesale. We we're wholesaling to other smoke shops and at the same time building more retail locations. But uh-huh. once we started the wholesale company, we kind of stopped focusing on the retail stores gotcha and we kept building our mm-hmm. wholesale business which that's our main business now so tell me uh, a little bit more about your your direct affiliation with that yeah so right after high school mm-hmm. i went straight to working for my brother when he still had the cash and carry mm-hmm. the hoh wholesale mm-hmm. so i would go i would go sweep i'd go mop i'd restock the shelves i'd clean the bathrooms mm-hmm. i'd clean the front office I cleaned his office, all the other employees' offices, all of that. And one day I got super upset with him. I told him, I said, hey, man, you're the owner. I'm your brother. (laughs) You know, you're making me do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he always told me, he said, you got to earn a dollar. You got to know what what a dollar is worth Mm. for you to, before you can get into a better position. He said, it's not worth it for us to just hand it to you. You got to earn it. So, slowly but surely, we kept building. I kept stocking shelves, kept cleaning everything. And then he moved me on to inventory. I would keep all the inventory of all the products. Then I slowly started helping with ordering products. Hmm. And then slowly I moved up. Uh, I didn't really get into sales when we were doing HOH. Uh, I mainly just did the stocking, buying, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I kept everything up to date. Mm-hmm. And then when we sold HOH is when I really got involved with White Rhino. Well, we still had HOH actually when I got involved with White Rhino, but another person was running it at that time, dealing with all the customers and all of that. Okay. And I started, so when I started with White Rhino, what he had me start with is in sales, but I wasn't doing sales. I was just generating leads. Okay. For the okay. other sales reps. And gener- generating facilitating. Yeah. Okay. okay. So once I was generating leads... Slowly, he moved me to sales. Okay. Then I started running sales. Then he moved me, so I was doing better. He moved me up a little bit. I, I didn't... It took a long time. I've been working for him for 11 years now. Wow. So, slowly, but surely, I was building it up. And then I was... Right... I was assistant manager to 22 sales reps. Wow. At one point, yeah. It was... <laughs> yeah. So, were you... Were you uh, even shipping inventory? Like No, so when I was working in the warehouse, yeah. I was doing the inventory, and I didn't do any of the shipping or anything like but, that. But did, did the company, at least at a time, ship inventory to different yeah, states Yeah, yeah, we're, we're shipping to different states okay, and so all that. Okay, so that's why you selling. need 22 sales. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize how uh, the scale of it. Yeah, so at that okay. point, okay. so this is still a long time ago. This is when yeah. we're into other products and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then... Once I got involved more, I, I noticed we didn't need 22 sales reps. Okay. So we cut down our team. 
mm-hmm. of sales reps, and I went on more of focusing for distribution. So around this time, when we cut down the sales team, we uh, we still had HOH wholesale, and this is about five years ago. We sold it, so we focused strictly on White Rhino. Okay. So once we sold it, and and elaborate a little bit more about White White Rhino for someone who's yeah. unfamiliar. So White Rhino, it's a smoking and glass accessory company. So we provide everything you need. If our motto is, if we don't have it, you don't need it for a store. That, so, that's the motto. Yeah, that's the up. motto. Okay. All it's right. all, all the accessories and stuff that not everyone thinks about. It's all the little things, you know. Okay. Everything we carry, it's an everyday use, everyday sale. Uh, okay. Okay. So that's why it, our brand has built so well in these stores. It's because it's stuff that nobody thinks about carrying. We have it, hmm. which is crazy. Hmm. So what, when we started five years, not we didn't start five years ago. Sorry, when we sold H H Wholesale, yes, five years ago. And we put our focus 100% into White Rhino. Mm-hmm. My brother told me, he said, this is the first thing we're doing. Chillums. They're little one-hitters. Okay. So okay. the little one-hitter pipes. Uh-huh. And we did them in That a, was the first product this is the of fir- White Rhino. This is the first glass product. Not okay. the first okay. product of White Rhino. First, we're into like e-juice and okay. vapes and stuff like that. But this is when we switched our focus to straight smoking and smoking glass accessories. Okay. Uh, the first product was a chillum in a hundred count display. Okay. And what our twist was it to a normal chillum? We have a cap on it, a smell proof cap. So oh, that's okay. that's what we came out with, uh, a point of sale display with a hundred chillums in it. That started taking off. We started building it. The next item was a nectar collector straw in a hundred pack kit. Okay. So that thing, no one's ever done a standard straw in a hundred pound display. In a hundred count display. So this, is, forgive me if this is a silly question, but did your experience uh, with wholesale and having all these, you know, uh, clients and relationships established that you've built over many years, uh, make transitioning to White Rhino full time uh, and coming up with new products? Uh, I guess did those relationships and that experience uh, help? Uh, I guess you could say speeding up the the process or the growth of White Reno in the first year or so. So does that does that make sense? No, no, for sure. And yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Because the reason being is this was a completely different lane. Gotcha. Of products that okay. we we're doing from before. Okay. So this is a whole new line that we're into. Okay. And once we built the unique items, the unique items, the yes, unique items is definitely what built our product. Okay. Going into the displays, mm-hmm. going into our products are very affordable, mm-hmm. high quality with high margin for the retail gotcha. store. Okay. So that's why our product does so well. It's gotcha. affordable to the end consumer. The retailer makes good money. Mm-hmm. The distributor makes good money. We make a little bit of profit. That's it. That's and what the we're happy there about. Too. And the quality's and, there. And an innovative approach. Exactly. Okay. That's been our greatest success is having innovative items that appeal to the end consumer that also we give an affordable price to the the stores wow. and distributors. Meeting a lot of needs. Yeah, definitely. In different places. 100%. Okay. And now our line, we've built it. So we started with those two SKUs, the Chillums and Nectar Straws okay. and 100-count displays. Now our line, with all the variations, we have 156 SKUs today. 
which is crazy. Is, by SKUs, do you mean like different variations of the products? Yeah, different product lines. Okay. So wow. different product <laughs> variations, different stuff, you know? Do you remember the year in which you came out with the, I get, was it the, what's the name of the, the one? The Chillum. The Chillum, yeah. The Chillum. Do you remember the year when that came out to? I don't remember, to be oh, honest. Okay. How, four years ago, what okay. would that be? Four or five years ago? 20, 2018, 2017. 2018, 2017, okay. around that area. It was towards the end of one of the years. I think okay. it was 2017, though, okay. that we really restarted with that. And and wow. we reinvented our whole brand. Uh, now, as of today, we're nationally distributed. We're in all the big distributors nationwide. We have customers in Puerto Rico, in mm. Mexico, in Europe. Wow. And it, it's pretty crazy to say you're a part of something that's distributed nationwide that mm -hmm. millions of people have seen you know mm -hmm. it, it's just crazy to think about obviously a lot has happened and we didn't haven't talked about it but from the time of those first two products to now 100 and how many 156 156, 156. obviously a lot has happened growth wise yeah. um uh perhaps actually hold on i want to pause i want to take a step back okay you didn't say anything. Was it Salt City Kicks? Oh, man. You didn't say anything about Salt City Kicks, bro. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was 18 when I started Salt City Kicks. I remember City going Kicks. to your office, bro. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you go see you, it? You, you had the dopest <laughs> business cards. The the clear kind of yeah. solid see-through almost. Yeah, with the lace design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. When, uh, when I was in high school, I'm still really into sneakers. So when I was in high school, I, I came up with that business idea. And uh, I told my dad about it. Mm -hmm. And I had $7,000 saved up. Mm. I started buying sneakers and selling them online on eBay, on uh, what else was it? On Amazon or whatever. Amazon. Maybe. And I think that's it really. That They didn't have StockX or yeah. anything like that at that time. Mm -hmm. So I was selling online. Man, that's crazy. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. It, it grew. That business grew pretty well too. How long were you, how long were you running that? I did it two years, man. Two years? So to be honest, uh, my dad knew all about everything I was doing with that business. But what I didn't know is when you make money, you're supposed to reinvest it <laughs> into the company. So this is a learning experience. Yeah, it was a learning a experience. One. It was a really big learning experience. Okay. So I started that business with seven thousand dollars. Hmm. At the end of the first year in sales, I did a hundred and thirty something thousand. In business, my first year. Wow. And I had spent 160-something thousand. So I was in debt at the end of it. <laughs> you got to run the numbers consistently, bro. <laughs> that, I thought, yeah, when, yeah. that's why my dad let me fail. My dad saw. He saw, let you. He let me. He knew okay. what was going on. He let me. I said, Dad, why'd you let me fail? He said, because if I let you fail on something of this level, it's small. You won't mess up when you're doing something a lot bigger. So huh. I think that was the best life lesson I've been taught so far. Hmm. Uh, that's a that's a an excellent transition because now we are doing bigger things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. where I want to go with the conversation now is, uh, what is in store for yourself or even White Rhino? Like, where where do you want to be in five years from now or or eight years from now? Oh like, man! Like, is there is there something in a completely different industry that you're interested in, you're passionate about, or 
Uh, are you are you loving where you're at and continue working and growing with White Rhino? Honestly, White Rhino, it's been my life for so long. Mm-hmm. I want to see where we can take this. I honestly, I think we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. Really, I think, I think in the next five to eight years, I want us to be the biggest glass brand in the United States, if not the world. You know, mm-hmm. which the way we're going, I definitely see us being there. Mm-hmm. The amount of products we sell, the amount of glass we sell, our branding, how it is. Mm -hmm. I don't see us not being there in the next five years, honestly. Well, I mean, mean, the amount of growth in four years, dude, that's insane. It's it's been crazy. In White Rhino, we've been open since 2010. 2010, okay. So 12 years now. So we've been, in this industry, there's a lot of people that are fly by night in the, the vape and smoke industry. We've been here for 12 years. That mm-hmm. that means something to us. Uh, a big part of White Rhino is we've never done anyone dirty. We're very honest people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want it so everyone makes money, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I think how honest we are, mm-hmm. uh, our integrity in the business, our name, our look, mm-hmm. I think that's going to keep propelling us ahead. And I really see us in the next five years to be the biggest in the industry in mm. our section for sure mm. there will always be everyone someone bigger than you you know but i think we'll carve a nice little piece of it for ourselves but i also think we have our own niche fit into this industry for sure mm. i mean it sounds like you're car you're carving in it already i think so it's we, carving out a bigger space yeah 100 percent. i think we definitely created our own our own lane in this industry mm. most definitely mm. i think we're very unique so uh, we're we're getting close to wrapping up on time. Um, you did, I guess, give me two, I believe, specifically clear uh, learning experiences along the way <laughs> uh, from sweeping and stocking and cleaning Most to uh, being allowed to fail. Like you know, your your father specifically uh, chose to not step in. Um, and let you learn that lesson. No, most definitely. If you will. Uh, Isma, I'm curious, in your entrepreneurial path and, and journey, whether that be directly yourself or uh, affiliated uh, with the, the grander picture, is there any, any uh, piece of advice that you'd like to give to entrepreneurs or maybe perhaps another uh, story or experience that you found to be incredibly valuable as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for sure. The The main thing is, I know this might sound kind of cheesy, but never give up. Mm-hmm. I think failure is good. If you fail at something, you have something to look forward to. I think, honestly, the real failure is someone who quits trying. Like, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stop because you never know. You might try a hundred things, and then the hundred and first thing you try is the one that works. Mm-hmm. And that's what... My dad's always taught me. My brother's always taught me. I owe a lot to my dad and my brother. Mm. Everything I have, everything I do, everything in this world, in my world, is because of them, you Mm. know? Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy to be where I'm at Mm. because of them. And I still continue to listen to their advice, you know? That's my main thing is always ask someone's opinion, Mm. someone who's older than you. You know, mm-hmm. that, and I feel like I've learned a lot from both my dad and my brother and mm-hmm. they've only set me up for success mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see where we can go with it, you know? Sorry, dude, I'm, I'm smiling because, <laughs> I mean, being 
being friends and hoodlums back in yeah. elementary to middle school and even high school, like hearing you say that, like that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, obviously many years have passed and maturity and, and growth has, has happened um, between the two of us. I'm not just saying yourself. No, let, let no, me, let me be clear sure. there. Uh, I got one more question for you, dude. Yes. Um, how would you define the difference between quitting and quitting and uh, knowing when to pivot? I mean, that's pretty broad. That's pretty but broad, But do you have yeah. anything you can add on to there? Yeah. So, like, I would say quitting as an entrepreneur we're talking about, right? Or Yeah. Or, or even generally speaking. I would say if you're trying to do your own thing and you want to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I think it's that's the best thing to do. And quitting would be taking, like, a regular 9 to 5, in my opinion. Okay, okay. That's, that's, that's how I meant it. But how to pivot, that's just something you got to... See for yourself what industry you're in, what market you're in, what you're trying to do. I think that really depends on each situation differently. Because hmm. how we pivoted from doing wholesale, we pivoted into doing our own products. And it just made sense for us on the HOH to the White Rhino side. Gotcha, gotcha. So with the shoes, I didn't pivot. I just went straight to White Rhino, you know. I was working at Bolts at, at the same time, but... Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, that's a good question. I think it depends on each situation individually. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. That, uh, it was just a, you know, off the cuff kind of question. Uh, with starting the podcast, if I'm being like totally honest, dude, like, yeah, I was so stoked for it. And we, we had gotten all of season one recorded or just, yeah, we got all of it recorded. And I was, anticipating it to be like you know like really successful and all my friends gonna yeah. be so excited about it and um over the first couple of weeks it didn't do nearly as as well as i had thought it would yeah and that was a little disheartening but i i recognized that you know this is literally a sliver of of what is to come and it's going to take that uh consistent uh, consistent effort and it's it's not just an overnight thing it's a long game just like White Rhino since 2010. Yes. And Alive Entertainment since 2012, almost 10 wow. years, bro. That's crazy. Almost 10 years. Um, and so uh, I bring that up. Sorry, I don't want to lose my train of thought. Is, no, you're fine. Uh, initially for season one, it was more branded with the company Alive Entertainment. Yeah. And less Parker Andrees and entrepreneurship and behind the scenes of my amazing friends and my yeah. entrepreneurial journey. And so after season one finished... I recognize, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to pivot. And since then, it's been um, less involved with a live entertainment and more so focused on um, my entrepreneurial journey and experiences and the amazing people that I've met, whether they're DJs, people in the entertainment industry, or great friends who are also amazing entrepreneurs that can provide value. No, for sure. um, That was just like a recent pivot that I had, maybe just something to add into the conversation but uh ismail my dude uh do you do you uh actually do do we want to throw out like social media or anything like no no white yes, rhino no. products yeah. there we go white rhino products white rhino products.com uh instagram's at white rhino products there we go yeah so we're on there there we go whatever you guys need and house house of hookah and house of hookahs i don't know our instagram to be honest <laughs> on that one i don't keep up to date with huh. that but 
at White Rhino Products. Whatever you need, we can take care of you on there. As long if, as you're 21 or older. What What was the What was the motto? Uh, if we don't have it, you don't oh, need it. Oh, if we don't have it, you really don't need if it. If they don't have it, then you, you don't need it. Um, Ismail, any any last uh, thoughts or uh, anything that we didn't cover that you want to? No, honestly, there, I. I think we covered everything. I, I do have a quick story, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Uh, this is about four years back. We had a few products already launched. Okay. And, and a part of my job now, so I, I'm the director of sales, so I deal with all the sales reps underneath me, mm-hmm. and I deal with all chain store accounts and distributors, the bigger house accounts, everything I deal directly with myself personally. Okay. And I handle that. So about three, four years ago, I went to LA. LA has a really big wholesale distribution market. It's called Third. It's Third Street, Fourth Street, Wall Street, and Broad. It's all in a couple mile radius. Okay. And there's like 200 smoke shop distributors all on that corner, on that those few blocks, and it looks like a little mall for smoke shops. You know. Wow. So that's okay. where all the smoke shops Just across the and U.S. Blocks go. And blocks. Okay. Yeah, and when we were first starting the new line of products that's where i went for the first time was there was there a conference or a no, show no so i was going or? visiting distributors trying to sell them our products so that oh, okay. it's a street full of just the customers the type of people i deal with that sell to other stores okay. so that like i said that was our main focus is selling the distros then now we're working on building up our retail more too now selling direct to retail stores but our main focus definitely still is our distributors mm-hmm. so when i went there 3 4 years ago our brand was still new to these guys. And a lot of people brushed me off and told me, hey, no, no. I heard so many no's. After the end of that trip, I I called my brother and I was emotional. I broke down to him. I said, hey, man, this is like, look, this is what I'm dealing with. This is so hard. He said, don't worry, give it time. Six months ago, I went to LA again. I had every single person person begging me to, hey, let me buy your product, let me buy your product, let me buy your product. And it was just such a 360, what a few years does. Mm. And I definitely recommend never give up, mm. keep trying. That's what we did, and it definitely paid off. Mm. So you just keep going with what you have, mm. and eventually it's going to pay off. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. And it, and it also sounds like another big uh, catalyst is having – having some form of support or mentorship, like you said, your father or your brother. Yeah, have 100%. Been for you, uh, shoot back since graduation. Since I was born, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, even prior yeah. to that, obviously. Yeah. But business-wise, huh. definitely after graduation. Huh. I've been with them since then. Huh. I've worked two jobs in my life. I worked at the movie theater for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for the movie theater for a week. And I told him, I went straight to Was it the one by your house or the Megaplex? No, Megaplex. Megaplex. And the district. (laughs) I worked there for seven days. And then where else? Then I went, worked for my brother. (laughs) That's at White Rhino. So I have the two jobs. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) So I think I chose the right career path. I know, man. We have a lot of memories together, man. We've known each other for how long? That's like 18 years. I can't do math right now. Uh, it's a long time. Uh, it smelled like seriously. It's. I mean it when I say like it's. It's really cool to hear you reflect and and talk about even your relationships with your your family because, 
you know, we were we were hoodlums and yeah. and you know messing around and having fun and yeah. getting into trouble um, and to see not only where you're at but where your family's at and thank you man. the fact that there's so much more to come to yeah hopefully uh that's exciting yes uh, sir it's exciting i'm man. excited to see where you go with the podcast i'm loving it man we're, we're just warming up bro yeah i know so I so know. if if someone who hasn't subscribed uh were to like come in the room right now what would you tell them to do subscribe to <laughs> behind the energy behind bro. the energy man behind the energy uh sorry that was a stupid joke <laughs> anyways uh ismail i love you bro thank you i love you, you too man I, thank I, you i, I genuinely it. mean it i like one of the most day one Same homies with out you, there man, for sure um oh that's my laptop telling me we need to wrap up uh my friends thank you for listening uh this has been episode 33 of behind the energy podcast we'll catch you next week uh thank you thank you Peace out.